Yo, I'm so fly, no lie, we ballin' Whips and chicks callin', kicks from the mall and stunt Alright, so back in this bitch for another one. This is Connecticut's most controversial podcast. This is the Domino Effect, and I go by the name of Domino. Now, before we begin this episode, it's kind of eerie that this shit happens. That last episode I did, I found out about the death of Nipsey Hussle, like maybe like two hours prior. And now, today that we record this, they finally laid our brother to rest, Nipsey Hussle. And I've been trying to get my spirits up all day. I, for a nigga I didn't know, this death affected me way more than I think it should have. Well, not matter of fact, not even that it should have. Just the fact that I didn't know this brother and this shit is affecting me the way that it is, just says a lot about him. Now, I didn't become a fan of his music until maybe like, maybe like a year and a half ago. You know, I didn't hear Crenshaw and, and all the other shit before that I wasn't really a fan but as I'm watching his actions and what he's doing in society not you know a lot of his music I'm seeing like oh I need to check up on this nigga so then I start hearing Crenshaw I start hearing Slauson Boy and Victory like which is a fucking classic fuck what nobody say and I think more than the music that I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss like the mind of Nipsey Hussle and it's just the fact that we lost him at the age of 33 and that nigga has so much more to do so much more to go just a great loss to uh, the culture, hip hop, the black community, just just people in general, like the hood, just everybody hurting right now. Everybody trying to, you know, find find a, a silver lining in this shit. And just the things that, that have birthed this tragedy. It's amazing to see like so many people are stepping up and want to do this, that, and the third and following the same steps as Nipsey or, you know, begin some things because of Nipsey. It's just just crazy, man. What 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 can sprout, I guess, from death? What can what can come from death like that that we didn't appreciate while he was here, but in death is just so monumental and just eye-opening and things like that. So Rest in peace to the brother Nipsey Hussle, man. Now, I know y'all can see in the description if y'all can read and shit. Now, nigga I got on the show right now actually has a song with Nipsey Hussle eerily, right? So, this is like the... I would say this is like one of the first niggas that... I want to say made me believe that niggas can do something in Connecticut. Like, a nigga I've been wanting to talk to for like years and years and years, but just... Haven't had the platform, the time. I keep forgetting, you know, shit happens, you know. <laughs> and now that I have this platform, reached out to the brother, came on the show. Now I get to talk to him. I get to ask him every fucking question I've ever had on my mind. Because I got a lot. What? I got a lot. <laughs> All right. I don't know how long this interview going to be. Hopefully, I, I can get you home to your wife and kids. But I got some shit. Right? So Let's do it. Right now in the building, if y'all remember the group Mook and Fair, I got Fair in the motherfucking building. 
What up, what up, man? Fair, how you doing, man? I'm good, brother. Good. Appreciate you having me, man. No doubt. I had to have, like I said, I had to have you on the show. I got Word. some questions we want to talk to you. I don't think your contribution to CT Hip Hop is talked about enough. I mean. For one. A- am I allowed to talk about it? Dog, you have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 nah. But real, real, real quick, though, man, I just want to just kind of touch off what you was just talking about, man, and rest in peace, Nip. Hmm. Um, you know. There, there's a, a quick story and, and backstory to us being able to do the song. I mean, we have our Who's Your Daddy song that we put out mm. that was doing really well here in Connecticut, doing really well, really on the East Coast. Mm. Um, we was getting spins all up and down the East Coast. I mean, already doing shows in Florida, North Carolina, um, West Virginia, up here in Connecticut, New York. And we, uh, we was working with uh, Johnny Shipes. I don't mm. know if you're familiar with him, mm-hmm. the Cinematic and the yeah. Smokers Club. Trying That's, to reach out to that nigga too, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, fuck man. Shipes is, is answer my DM. So Shipes had uh, had signed this new West Coast artist that he was working with, mm-hmm. and uh, let us hear the joint. So we was already listening to all his mixtapes because Shipes was working with him. You know what I mean? Mm. And this is when Shipes just signed Crit too, Big Crit. Yeah, one of my favorites. Fire, but. Sent the joint over. I mean, this is before we even met Nipsey, man. We we sent the joint over to him. We was like, yo, we're trying to get a presence in, in Cali. Mm. We don't really got that West Coast yet. We're over here in Connecticut. Mm. People don't really, you know, really even know artists from Connecticut right, right. do music in Cali. Right. So we sent it to him, man, and the dude liked the record and literally jumped on it and sent it back in two days. Mm. Ain't say, yo, what y'all got for me? Mm-hmm. Ain't say, yo, this is what I need from you. Right. Ain't charges for his studio time, nothing. He just did it off the strength because he liked the, the record. And and he wanted to help us get it on in, in, in Cali, man. And that was just something that now in light of the situations, mm-hmm. it's like, damn, man, you don't. I can't name one person in Connecticut that did that for us. Mm. Not one. Not one. And there's, there's this dude who now, in my opinion, mm. had the best album of last year. Point blank, mm-hmm. and, and he went out of his way before he even know who we were. Mm-hmm. And that just shows the type of person that he was. Man. Right. You know what I mean? So rest wild. in peace, Nipsey, man. Rest, rest in, in peace, peace boy. Neighborhood, man. Definitely. Fuck me up, yo. Did, did you watch the funeral? I watched some of it, man. Yeah, I was able to watch Dog. some of it. I, I saw Farrakhan. Um, I saw Anthony Hamilton. Um, you know, a few heads that was singing too, and, and you know, it was. Nigga. Damn, this song right here is my shit. Nigga, eyes was sweating. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Nigga. It was tough. Man. Couldn't handle it. Matter of fact, when uh when the part where I fucking lost it. <laughs> um I think Marsha Ambrosius came on, right? And she was singing. Killing it. She was singing some song that, you know, I think she was singing a song by Mariah Carey. And at some part in the song, they uh input Nipsey's voice with, with the song that they did on uh on Victory Lap. Mm. Lost it. I was like, nah, my boy Nip, man. Come on, man. Crazy. Nigga Nip. Crazy. But, yeah, man, crazy shit. But like I said, rest in peace to the boy Nipsey Hustle, man. For sure. So, uh, let's see. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever the fuck you get your podcast, we are there. Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com for any comments, questions, or concerns. If you want your question answered in the uh, ask, what what's the fuck is the name of the segment? Gee, what's the name of the segment? Do you remember? I don't even remember. The fucking, the, uh, the question and answer segment. Yeah, yeah, the what segment, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so if you want your question answered in the what segment, you can uh, reach me there. That's Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. I said I was going to start doing that in my next episode, but I didn't get as many questions. I didn't even put the episode out yet, but, you know, that'll be out when you hear this shit. It'll be last week, Friday, so hit me up. 
dominoeffectpodcast at gmail.com. So we're going to get straight to this interview portion and just, you know, see what fair has been doing, see like the past, present, and I guess the future of what fair got going on. So, so let's start from now and like work our way back. Right. So when I last talked to you, you was working on a, a cafe that you're opening. Uh yeah. yeah, well, not myself, but that one of my boys is. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm you know just always trying to show love to the people that are doing something positive in the area. So mm. my boy is opening up actually uh, tomorrow. His yeah. grand opening, April twelfth. Yeah. Yes, sir. So uh, you know, big shout out to uh, I know they didn't drop a sponsor or anything, but big nah, shout out to, to Cafe Four Five Seven. Cafe Four Five Seven up in Waterbury. I don't need no money for nobody, man. You just... know what I mean. We we gonna work on that though for my boy Domino. Yeah, show love. Yeah, yeah. We gonna work on those. We do need those for for the future, but right. just this one, we Gucci. Yeah. Well, so 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 what made <laughs> so, you just get involved with that? Just just because that's your boy, or like 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 yeah, you, so you saw the vision. Or? I mean, you know, when Mook was around, and, and I'm sure we're definitely gonna be getting oh, around, yeah. getting into that. Mm-hmm. But when Mook was around, you know, we had this a spot called Halftime up in Waterbury that was uh, maneuvering that we was doing, and um, mm-hmm. it, it's really similar. They have you know, good food. It's something different for our, our community, man. I mean, there isn't a lot of spots where you can go in and feel safe, feel comfortable going into um in, in some of the areas that I live in. You know mm. what I mean? I don't know how familiar you are with Waterbury, but you know been up there a couple of times, a couple of holes I know up there. A couple. <laughs> so I mean yeah. I <laughs> shout out to them. But um yeah. No, fuck just... them. Shout out to them. No. No. <laughs> All right. So I think, you know, the biggest thing is just doing something and, and definitely in light of what happened with Nip and, and the person that he was, doing something around the community, man, and doing something in your area to help build up your area, man. Mm. You really gotta focus on and I know, like I said, this is the beginning of the interview. We'll get into a lot of stuff, but mm. doing stuff in your own community, man. So this is just something that, like I said, my boy is doing. Mm. I'm telling him anything he needs me to help him with, man. I'm a, a phone call away, man. Gotcha. So I'm definitely down to help, you know, make sure the community is growing, man. And this is definitely a good a good spot for that. Mm-hmm. Now, you born and raised in Waterbury? Uh, actually, I was born in uh, Mass. Mass, okay. Yes, sir. But I was, uh, I was only there for few months and moved to Waterbury. Okay, so you basically... I'm, I'm a Waterbury boy. Waterbury resident. Now, yes, what's it like growing up in Waterbury? Because I don't know that much. I didn't maybe go to Waterbury until I was maybe like 12, 13. Yeah. So it's like Bridgeport and that's all I knew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it, it's similar to, to all of those. The Bridgeports, the New Havens, the Hartfords. Mm. You know what I mean? I think when everybody talks about some of the areas, they always mention those four. Mm. You always hear those four and it's you know, I have been able to run around a little bit in Bridgeport, got some people out there. So I, I think it's really similar to that, man. When I was more growing up, I was really heavy in the sports, mm-hmm. um, played basketball, played football, played baseball. So I got to travel a lot and play okay. uh, all over the city and all over the state. And, you know, it, it's it's the same stuff that's going on in your hood is going on in mine, man. Right. The same good and bad, mm-hmm. you know. Now, how do you not get sucked into that bad um, because it was real easy in Bridgeport. Where it was like you go outside and the, everything's out there. Like there. You, you know, you got your mom in the house. It's like, I right, don't get in trouble. Call me if you need me, type shit. But then you go outside. It's a whole nother world. It's a complete yeah. one eighty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm from I'm from Pearl Street, which is the north end of Waterbury, mm. and in my area is, is Pearl, and then there's Triple B's and Cook Street, which is right in between mm. Pearl Street. Which okay, both those are some some one of the hoods that's in Waterbury. Mm. 
So just like you said, man, it's, it's you go outside and you see crackheads fighting. Mm-hmm. You see drug needles and stuff on the floor. Right. You see the cops up and down your street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember being nine, ten years old, sitting on my stoop, and the cops pulling up, saying, "What you doing out here?" Mm-hmm. I'm looking back at my house, like, like nigga, I, I live, live here. I live here. It's me, nigga. <laughs> oh, you be, you a smart ass. Mm-hmm. So I we have those. I already had those encounters with the police early on in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was being able to play sports, being in, you know, like the boys clubs and stuff like that. Mm. It, it it made it so I obviously lived there. So I wasn't I didn't it wasn't like I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, But, but at the same time, I wasn't embedded. Kept, it kind of so kept you away from that. Yeah. For the most part, man. Yeah. For the most part. Yes, sir. It's kind of like the same shit my mother did. My mother put me into like weird sports. Like when I tell niggas that, that I used to play tennis, like I used to play tennis. Mm. Like, yeah, nigga, my mother used to keep me out of fucking trouble because <laughs> the way she grew up, nigga. So it's like, all right, you ain't going to end up like your uncle or your, your uncle's cousin or like whoever the fuck. So you playing baseball, you playing yeah. basketball, football. Nigga, you playing tennis if I want you to. Just go over there, do something <laughs> that's not here. That's not involved in what the hell is going on over there. Yeah, this so just get the fuck away from here for a little bit. Word. So. You know, I've I've traveled. I've been to like tournaments in like Florida and like Texas Dope. and shit like that. So it's like whatever gets you the hell out of Bridgeport, out of this circumference. Word. Cool. Word. Now, um, when did music come into play for you? Well, um, writing music and doing music. I real early on, actually, man. I, I think I wrote my first rhyme probably when I was twelve years old. Mm-hmm. So I kind of give you like my own family dynamic. I got, I'm the youngest of three. Mm-hmm. I got an older brother and an older sister. Okay. And uh, I know my brother probably going to be mad, but all the bad shit that I learned, mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned from this yo, nigga. It's, it's, it's over now. Yo, we we <laughs> passed that. <laughs> I learned from this nigga. So everybody mm-hmm. used to always say, because my mom worked so much, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Granted, growing up from probably about five or six years old till maybe 10 or so, we wasn't in the best position uh, mm-hmm. financially. You know what I mean? So- after a while, when my mom did start working and she got into a steady job, mm. you know, she was always working. Mm. So that meant all my cousins, because, you know, yeah, growing you know, up how go. we grow up, yeah, we got 50 cousins. Yeah. And if your mom's ain't home, that means your spot is the party spot. Yeah. So all my, <laughs> my, my brother's already, you know, four years older than me. So mm. I'm 11, 12 years old. That means he's 16, 17. He doing his he, thing. He, he 15, 16, 17. He getting into whatever. Mm-hmm. So everything that he's being exposed to as a high school sophomore, junior, mm-hmm. I'm learning that sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's crazy because I learned all everything, <laughs> everything. everything. like everything. Yo, you in high school i'm yeah. in middle school yeah you seeing yeah the stuff you see you seeing the people come in and out so it's see like it, you know what it is mm-hmm. you know what i mean you learn all the all the negative like you said it's it's hard to keep someone away from that when that's where you live yeah yeah now do you remember your first rhyme though yeah definitely you remember definitely. <laughs> can you spit it definitely oh man <laughs> Oh man, that shit probably horrible. I swear I said I wasn't coming up here to rap today. <laughs> Hold up, let me think. Hold up, get the first line and I'm good. So oh, I'm like, uh, we got some instrumentals in the tug. Oh man, I can have G to fucking button. <laughs> <laughs> Something like, uh, never going out to the point of no return. For the whack MCs, mess this shit get burned in this rap game. Yo, what do what I desire? Hold up, uh, 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 uh. Fuck, I forgot that. <laughs> it's, it's cool. Do my prisoner, and I do what I desire. Mm. I, yeah, I, I lost it. I lost it. Now, was your rap name <laughs> always fair, though? Oh, man. What was you your first rap that. name? Uh, what was your first? Well, oh, you know. <laughs> I was, think you know. It was Fahrenheit. 
Fahrenheit. Because, you know, when I was 12, 13, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. everybody had them long-ass names. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Like the, the Grand Professor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had one of those, man. Mm. And I, it just kind of stuck with me. And, and people, I think, after a while... They got tired of saying that long ass name with seven syllables. Yeah, I'm definitely not saying that. <laughs> so, yo, Fahrenheit. So, yeah. Yo, that nigga, come here, yo. <laughs> so it just turned into short for fair. Everybody just started calling me fair for short, and and that's just what stuck. Okay, I never knew that. So yes, sir. Some, some learning shit. What the fuck is this? Yes, okay. sir. So, um, now at what point do you meet Mook? Um, actually, Mook's from right where I was from. Okay. You know what I mean? So me and Mook met when we was like seven, eight years old. Hmm. He lived literally next door to me, mm, and uh, okay. we we would run around and and cause havoc in that area, man. <laughs> <laughs> we was we was the t- two terrors, man, of mm. the area. You know what I mean? Right. So that was just my boy from growing up. He ended up moving away to a different uh, part of Waterbury, mm. but you know that was still my boy. Every time I would see him, if he would come around, we'd always go. You know, we got like for instance in, in Waterbury, we got this spot called Fulton Park. Mm. So anytime it snowed. They got these double hills in Fulton Park, and everybody would go there to sled. Mm. I would see him up there. He's still causing the same mischief that right, he was right, doing right, back right. then. I think, you know, for me, I kind of started maturing a little bit more. Mm. But Mook was getting into the same stuff. Into but the trouble. that's my boy. It don't matter. He he had a whole different middle school to me. Mm-hmm. He getting into stuff with people from my school. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yo, we about, we about to go get into these... We about to go handle these kids from um Wallace. Yeah. I'm like, cool, who y'all about to fight? I'm I'm rolling with y'all. Oh, we getting mooking them niggas. Oh nah. Like, y'all nah, are, nah. y'all all set. Yeah, man. like it's nah. different. That's still, my brother. Still over here. Yeah, nah. Y'all niggas nah. go handle that. <laughs> there was actually two incidents like that, man. It's crazy that my boy ain't here because that's like some of the first memories that we have. Yeah. I mean, obviously we remember running around the neighborhood, but like some of the same memories that we have of like when we started growing up and still bumping into each other so much, mm. those are one. Those are two or so the stories that we always tell because, man, I it's crazy. <laughs> I, we we almost ended up having a bang a few times because of the connections that we had. But and, nigga, and, I know you. Yeah, man, on, man. And then you go there and see him. I'm like, this y'all about to fight Mook? Oh nah, Fuck, man. man. Y'all niggas bugging. Yeah. I ain't in this. <laughs> I, I got that one. <laughs> All right, so act, act like you hitting me, nigga. Yeah, yeah, Make yeah. him look real. Don't fucking hit me, yo. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, call you later. Yeah. Don't fucking hit me. All right. For real. <clears throat> now, who pulls who into rapping, into into music? Like, mm. who who makes who rap? So, we were in, well, correction, I was in a group um, around maybe like 16, mm. 17. Um, I was in a group in Waterbury called the Wolfpack. It's like one of the... One of the more like original, that shit. one of the more original Waterbury groups that came out. Of I Waterbury. remember that shit. Yep. So big ups to my boy Trey and Quincy, um, Biggie ones, all them, all my boys that started that, mm. um, and my boy Dre Dale, also another one. And a lot of times when we talk about Waterbury music, we always say like anyone that ever did anything out of Waterbury came from the Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. For instance, like my boy Dre Dale, he wrote Jenny from the Block. He wrote a bunch of other joints, but that's wait, probably his wait, biggest wait, song. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so wow. a nigger from Waterbury wrote Jennifer, one of Pull Jennifer Lopez. Pull it up. Fucking tell me. It comes up as Mr. Dale. My boy Dre Dale wrote that. He's an, he's uh, an original uh, member of, of the Wolfpack. Okay, so Jenny from- he wrote the, a bunch of joints. The Block. Yeah. But I keep telling why you- um, Yeah, why you yeah, 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 yeah. So- <laughs> Basically, we I was in this group with, you know, five, six other dudes. Mm. We was kind of like the Waterbury Wu-Tang. 
You know what mm, I mean? Yeah. Like it was a bunch of dudes with a whole bunch of yeah, different styles. It was, it was a lot of y'all niggas, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, basically, around like seventeen, you know, end of high school, we um, we was looking for other people to join in, mm. and my boy Trey was working with this dude that he liked. He's like, yo, all the time this dude will be freestyling when we working, man, and he just nice. Mm. I'm like, oh, where? Who is it? Oh, it's this dude, Moot. You know him? Like, yeah, that's my brother. Yeah, I know that nigga. Fought yeah. him a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> we, he fake punched me. Yeah, he fake nah. punched me, yeah. <laughs> nah, but I, I, you know, it was dope that he he was, I didn't know he was doing music. I never knew that. Mm. So my boy Trey brought him around everybody, and um, we ended up doing a few songs together. Mm. And actually, there was, how the Wolfpack worked was we would always sit down and write our verses together. Mm. You know what I mean? Because there's seven of us. Yeah, the first three or four people that finish their verses is the one who get on the verse, who get on the song. Right. So one time, me and Mook ended up figuring, yo, let's do this. Let's do a back to back verse, kind of like Styles and Styles and she, Jada and Jada be doing. Yeah. Yep. So we did one of those, and it was so dope. Like the chemistry was just there. We was like, yo, this is this might be the way. We might have to do this on every song, so we make sure we get on every song. Mm. Eventually, a lot of the people from the Wolfpack stopped doing music. Like they start having kids. They start doing other stuff because all them dudes is five, six years older than us. Mm. We're the two youngest dudes out of the crew. Right. And me and Mook still had the heart to do it. So that that's kind of what helped uh, us figure out that we had this chemistry going, man. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's where it came from. Yeah, Mr. Dale. That's what shit right here. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. Boy yep. Dre. So, yeah, man, that's what we always say, man. Anybody that's doing anything is is either has worked with somebody from, from the Wolfpack or is uh, a disciple, man. What's this shit about the yellow? What the fuck? Becky from the block? What the fuck, what the fuck is Becky from the block? <laughs> that, that I don't got no parts and we don't got no parts in that. Infamous yellow rangers? All right, never mind. <laughs> All right, so 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 when do y'all so so when do you break away from the wolf pack and then start working exclusively with Moog? So what what's crazy is the when I was with the wolf pack, we ended up moving. Mm. There was like four or five of us that left and moved to Atlanta. Okay. Um we was in the process of working with uh Dave Hollister down there. Yeah, okay. LA- I'm sorry, in Atlanta. Mm. And uh he was starting a, a label that he was gonna get off the off the ground. Mm. And so we went out there and we was doing I don't it kind of felt like a, a making the band mm-hmm. type of type of thing when we went down there. We thought it was just gonna be us and it was like a bunch of folks down there. Yeah. Attempting to get into this into Dave Hollister's label. Mm. Um so we just figured, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that, man. But we're down here in Atlanta, which we didn't know at the time was like the Mecca at one point. Yeah. Um, so we, we started just doing shows, man. We started doing shows. We there was this uh gong show that they had in Marietta, which was very popular mm. in Marietta, Georgia, which we did real well in. Um and it's kinda like a way to explain it is like it Sandman. Like okay. They yeah, have like yeah, a yeah, Sandman yeah. version. Mm. But you go there, you perform, there's like two, three hundred people in the crowd. Mm. And if you whack, they throw the gong. Yeah. They throw the they throw this thing at the gong. And, and everybody boo your ass and, and you, you gotta get, get off the stage. Off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stage left. So <laughs> so we was doing shows down there. Mm. Um and then we ended up moving back for whatever reason. And the moment that we moved back, man, me and Mook just said, Yo, we're gonna try to do this just us two. Okay. So that's probably around like two thousand seven ish. Okay, and then you put out your first mixtape, The Secret Side, in 2008? 2008, yes, sir. Okay. Or Best Kept Secret was 2008. Yeah, Best Kept Secret, yeah. Yep. 
The right. end of really like the end of 2007. Best Kept Secret came out, the first mixtape. Okay, and the first single was Let's Get Money? First single actually from the that project yeah. was On the Low. On the Low. Yes, okay. Sir. Yes, sir. And then right in between, because actually people don't know this, but Let's Get Money actually never made anything that we put out. It never made a mixtape. Really? It never made, it's not so, on anything. So y'all shot a video for the shit, but it never got on the actual mixtape. Nope. Because I remember seeing the video. Yeah. But- it was never on that. Okay. Yep, so. yep. It was never on anything, man. That was my shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have swore I saw the shit on a fucking mixtape, but yep. it's not. It's crazy because we never really put that on anything, man. Mm. But people have still, even as to this day, like, we, ca- I can't give you a physical copy of that because it's not mm. on You don't have it. Have. Right. Yep. Now, when you put out the first mixtape, what's your, I guess, your, your, your buzz around Waterbury and Connecticut as a whole at yeah. that point? So- What's crazy is we was doing like um I don't know if like today they call it like where they um just doing like freestyles over other people beats mm. but we did that before at the beginning of 2007 and I mean we kind of made it a project but it wasn't really like an official project mm. and I was actually called Welcome to Gutterberry that's really our first ever like physical, physical copy pro- yeah. that we did for anything okay see not a lot of people know that but it's a little gem for the for the podcast oh yeah now they know yes sir <laughs> so that was the first physical joint that we did but it was really just us on other people beats mm. you know what i mean so the um real official one was the um the the best kept secret joint mm. and i mean i think our biggest goal was figuring out how we can get this music that we we felt so strongly about mm. to the masses okay um when we first 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 put out on the low um, we had other songs that we liked before that that we gave to people like that were at the radio station, mm. people um, that knew people from the radio station, mm. and not for nothing like people, some of the people wasn't really feeling it, mm. and they would tell that to us, and you know us being artists we respected that. Yeah, I appreciate someone who say yo I ain't this nah, shit is dude, trash, shit bro. ain't it. You know what I mean? Like yo y'all lyrics is dope, but. Y'all got to figure out a way, a better way to make your hooks. And we mm. got all that type of feedback. Okay. The only, a couple people from the radio station were really, really upfront. And, and I got to give them their props is, is someone like KG. Mm. KG came to us. He came down to our studio that we had and was like, yo, I, I'm not really feeling it. I hear y'all potential, but I'm going to let y'all know, like, I this isn't something this I can play came right to now. the studio <laughs> to say, nah. It, this this shit ain't it. Well, we we played joints for him <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. studio, so so honestly, for that, it, it it only motivated us more. Okay, you know what I mean. Some people might get discouraged by that. We was like, nah, fuck that. We're gonna do something then that they feel. Mm. So we ended up linking um, with our family member slash producer Blackheart. Mm. Blackheart of Dynasty's pretty. Uh, he he's one of the disciples. We'll say somewhat. Yeah, he, yeah. he worked with uh. And he's done um, just he's he's pretty heavy in the battle scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, big shout out to Black, but he actually produced on the low. Okay, yeah, down in our in our dungeon of a studio that we had one day, him and Mook was just sitting there banging on shit, and Black came up with that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that was the first song that we didn't even decide to go to the radio station with. Mm-hmm. We went to the clubs, and if, again from Waterbury, spot called Paradise, right? Legendary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Big, big R.I.P. to Superman. He's one of the first people who, uh, he was a bouncer there. Mm. And I'm probably like 19, 20 at the time. He let us get in the club and he had handed our CD off to the uh, DJ. Mm. 
and homeboy played it, man. And actually, the crowd, you know, usually when they play something you don't know, mm. the crowd would just tail off. Yeah. Crazy thing is the crowd actually stayed there, and it was rocking. Mm. The DJ happened to be DJ Kev G mm. from Hartford. Right. He was the first person to play our joint in the club. Mm. So then he realized how the crowd was rocking. He let mm. it keep going every week, every week, every week. So one point, after about a, like three to four weeks to a, a month, that was one of his most requested songs. Mm. So he ended up having to wait to the end of the night, right in the middle of his set, to play that joint. Okay. So one night they had KG come down as a guest DJ, and he saw Kev play that, and he saw how the crowd reacted. Mm. Then it's like, okay, well, I need to hear this joint. I need to sit down with these boys and see what they can do, man. Right, right. So we ended up playing a few other joints, and K- KG took it up to 93.7, mm. and that was the first joint that we actually had played on the radio. So... So that's not the first club that you went to, right? Or that was the only club that you went to and that just took off like that. In Waterbury, I mean, that was the most popular one. Okay, so but, what Okay, so what other spots was you hitting in Connecticut to try to get your music played or like give it to the DJ or like, yo, check me out? To be real with you, mm-hmm. we weren't. We was focused solely on Waterbury to start. We didn't okay. really have a we didn't really have a big enough and this was before the uh the actual mixtape came out. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't really have a big enough plan. Mm. Once we saw how people started reacting, mm. that's when the plan started getting in play. Now you're like, all right, now now we gotta branch out to more and more markets. Now we gotta figure out how to let more people hear this because we mm. got the same two hundred, three hundred people in the club hearing this and they talking, people is asking about it, mm. but we don't got no product to give them. Mm. So that's where it came up with the idea to do the mixtape, the best kept secret. Okay. And that's actually what what spawned the name the best kept secret mm. because people heard the music they heard it they know what it was but they didn't know who we were mm. so that's why we called ourselves the best kept secret okay all right so you give it to the dj he plays it in the club mm-hmm. it, it go it 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 reaches hot 97 hot 937 it takes off from there what happens next next we need a product mm. so what we did was and, and this is my boy mook's genius that he this dude is and always was like a marketing uh, guru. Mm. So we decided that we were going to try to figure out a way that we can get all of our products to all these people mm. in Connecticut. So we have our songs that's playing on the radio. We just finished our, our mixtape. We feel like we got a good product. Mm. But we don't got a way to get to all these cities in, in, in Connecticut. Right. So what we started doing was we grabbed a van. We grabbed two trucks. Mm. And we wrapped them. We put our pictures and stuff all over there mm. with all the info of the CDs. And we sent out two and three street teams mm. to all the cities in water in, in Connecticut. First, we started in Waterbury. All right. So do I need to ask how y'all funding this shit or should I like already know? So we, <laughs> so okay, we, go we, got, we got these three trucks, <laughs> these, this van and these two trucks. All right. And uh, wrapped this this vehicle, these vehicles, mm. took them out to the gas stations, started pressing up these CDs and selling them hand in hand, five dollars a pop. Okay. Literally every week, four days out of the week, Thursday, mm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, kill Waterbury. We had a map in in our studio, mm. and we were pinning areas that we were selling CDs. Based on how much we're selling in that one area, when we feel like it was oversaturated and we couldn't get off anymore, mm. we start going to the next city. Okay. We started from Waterbury, then we went to Meriden. Mm. Then when we le- when we felt like we sold, I think our goal every time was a thousand. When we get sold a thousand CDs in Meriden, mm. we go to New Haven. 
Mm. We sold a thousand CDs in New Haven. We came up to Bridgeport. Mm. We sold a thousand CDs in Bridgeport. We went to um, Norwalk. Then we came back down and went all the way up to Hartford. Mm. Now, Hartford at the time had so many people that was doing music. Mm. That was probably one of the harder areas to get into. Right. But once the folks up there seen us grinding, mm. they respected more of the work. They didn't mm. even care about the music. They was like, yo, these dudes is really, they really is like flooding our, our area. Yeah. So we we double and tripled up in Hartford. Mm. And then we went out to New London. Now, when we get to New London, there's this dude out there. I don't even know what his name is. and I feel bad. But this dude out there, he's like, yo, I'm out in Providence. He's like, yo, I got these clubs that y'all could come out and perform at. Mm. we was like all right cool set it up so he set it up but before we ended up doing the show he he gave us like a three or four week um advance notice mm. we sent our street team out there for four straight weeks to grind out there okay once they kill him out there then we doing the shows out there we perform people already know our music mm. so once we in in providence we like what's next boston is up the road right same thing there Go out there, sell about three thousand, four thousand, because it's a bigger city. It's a bigger city. Mm. Get some shows out there now. Mm. And we perform there, and we just kept going up, 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 up north. I think we stopped in like New Hampshire. Mm. That's where we stopped Shit. at in Nashville, New Hampshire. That was like the last city that we we sent our street team to. Now, do you think that's a lost art now? Because a lot of niggas don't do that. A lot of people think they can go online get. A social media buzz, hit a button, oh, my music out there, but they don't have the actual footwork, the guerrilla marketing. The grassroots. Yeah, the grassroots shit. Like, yeah. yo, hand in hand, here's my shit, here's my shit, listen to my shit. You know, I give it to you for a dollar, five dollars, you know, whatever. I just want you to hear my music. Do you think that's a lost art or is it just hustle? Well, I think, you know, and, and this is one of my biggest goals for even sitting down with you, um, you know, helping people see what our blueprint was. Mm. And if you could take that and run with it, then mm. more power to you. Mm. You know what I mean? But at first, one of the issues that we realized when we were sending our street team out in these areas besides Waterbury was that the people didn't really know who we were. Mm. So what we would do was we would get the most recent mixtapes that were coming out, the big mics mm. and whoever else that was coming out. Mm. We get them and sell them with our CD. If, mm. you, if you buy, if you buy Big Mike, you're gonna buy Big mm. Mike for five dollars. You get a Mook and Fair CD too. That's for, for eight bucks. Yeah, you just get both of them. Yeah, and one of our songs is already on the Big Mike CD. Mm -hmm. So boom, here goes. You get two for eight. That's fucking smart. So that's <laughs> what we would do. We in these areas that people don't know us. Mm. So they was already getting the newest Big Mike because that was the most popular thing that was out at the time right. and they're getting this was crazy and what we realized was people started coming back to those same areas that we were selling cds especially in like providence mm. there was this one um this one plaza that we would go to all the time and mm. people would come back and they'd be like yo here i don't even want this one could i get another mook and fair cd this is crazy mm. so i mean we had our street team and, and big up to them and that, actually that was all our family members we had our cousins Mm -hmm. That was out there in the street team running and selling CDs on the daily. Right. So big shout out to them, man, the GS street team. It is definitely, and to answer your question, it's definitely a lost art. Mm. It's definitely a lost art, man. It's something that you're going to need to to have that that real true fan base that mm. grows with you. Okay. Now, do you give this game to any other up-and-coming rapper now? Because I feel like... You know, like I said, you one of the niggas that put on for CT, and I don't really hear your name in a lot of conversations. Like, I hear 
I might hear like an apathy every now and then. I mm-hmm. might hear, I might hear a lot of these new niggas, but to me, I was like, yo, Mook and Fair, they had songs on fucking um, the fuck was the show on BT? One hundred six and part. One hundred six and part. Yeah, we was the first one actually. They from they, Connecticut. Like they had songs with fucking Ray J. They had songs with Fat Man Scoop. I'm like, so why isn't anyone talking to them about yo? How do I do this shit? What did y'all do? Why isn't anyone picking their brain? I don't know, man. I mean, with, there was a few people um that came up and and that we kind of helped um work with and there was a, a, a few people and i want to get them some shout outs too man my boy zay france mm. my boy mizzy lot mm. big shout out to them they're they're really bubbling now in the r&b game and yeah, gonna be two, mizzy, gonna be two big names that you're gonna know about mm. if you don't already know yeah but both of them is people that we worked with and and something i don't know zay france actually sang sang all the backgrounds on that ray j song that we got <laughs> right, hold up. Yeah. So Zay's on all the backgrounds for that. So it is crazy because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we have given people like them. Mm. And if you come up and ask me for, for advice, I'm gonna give you everything that I got. Mm. The problem is here in Connecticut, we got that crab in a barrel effect. Right. People feel like they already know what they're doing. Mm. I mean, if you want the game, I'll give it to you. It's it's free. Mm. It's free. It ain't gonna charge. I'm not gonna charge you a penny. Mm. But just know that you gotta humble yourself. Yeah. Because I'm not going out of my way to go help you out, and when I don't know who you are. Right. You know what I mean. And a lot of people don't do that. That's a lot true. of people don't know how to do that here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a simple fucking DM. Like, hey, I, I know who you are. I look up to Yo, you. Yo, come chop it up with me yeah, one day, yeah. man. I want to. I want to. I want to learn anything. Yeah, something. Anything. Nope. Very rarely. Mm. Very rarely, and I mean, you know, me and you, this is our first time meeting. Yeah, right. right. How, how hard was it for us? You to know what I'm saying, like, yo, <laughs> loved your work. Want to come on the show? Cool. <laughs> all right. Simple. So, Simple. all right. So you up and down Connecticut. You selling CDs? I mean, mixtapes or whatever. So you hit Providence, Rhode Island. So now, obviously, because you have like a market up there, and you're selling CDs, now you start doing shows. You got to do the shows there now. Okay. And you got to work with the promoters that are out in that area mm-hmm. because they're the ones that's actually they know the area. They mm-hmm. can you know take full advantage of the market that you created up there. Mm-hmm. And I think the the biggest thing is people need to focus on building their brand. Right. Whatever brand it, whatever your brand is, mm. you gotta cradle that shit, man, and don't let nobody change up who you are. Yeah, but it's hard to build a brand nowadays when you know that you're oversaturated. Go on. It's oversaturated, and you know that people aren't looking for necessarily like an authentic brand. It's mm-hmm. like they go on Instagram and do some shit because I know a lot a lot of rappers that have got on saying, you know, um, like Lil Pump. He got on like mm-hmm. like like how he got famous was saying like, yo, fuck J Cole. Yep. Fuck J. Cole. And then J. Cole responds and it was like, oh, who the fuck is Lil Pump? Yep. And that's it. But it's nothing new under the sun. Right. 50, when he first came up, not first, but he was starting to get in the game. He did. He, he did, did the How to Rob. How to Rob and then shit. he did the fuck, the Jay-Z bullshit. Yeah. Once Jay-Z said, I'm about a dollar, what the fuck, fuck is 50, 50 Cent? 50 said, oh shit, this nigga <laughs> mentioned my name. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here now. Bruh. Shit. So it's, it's nothing new under the sun. 50 already did that. Mm. You know what I mean? So it, it up and coming artists, man. Pay attention to the people that are there before you. Mm. Like I said, I'm I'm not hard to get in contact with. Fear the guy that on Instagram. Mm. F A I R T H E G O D. Right. If you're not following me, I ain't answering. I don't like <laughs> real shit. I'll tell you, but like, like straight up, man. Straight up, it, it's 
there's a lot of easy avenues for you to, and it's even, I feel like it's even easier now, man. It's because too easy now. If we had streaming 12 years ago, bro, no disrespect. I don't even know if I'd be able to be here mm. and had a conversation right <laughs> it's now. It's all good. I wouldn't you know expect I mean? you to. Like, like, I don't even know. And that's some shit that we talk about all the time, man. Mm. Like, when my boy called me, like, bro, we came in at the wrong time, my nigga. Right. We came in at the wrong time. Like, why couldn't we be... You know, 24, 25 years right old. Right now. Now. Doing that shit. Crazy. Crazy. Now, now, at this point, is it just you and Mook doing this shit, or do you have a manager? Yeah, so we started out with just me and Mook. Mm. Um, we ended up bringing my, one of our friends, mm. Raphael Coco. Um, he was helping manage us Okay. at one point. And then um, we got to a point where, you know, we both kind of agreed that it was we was getting a little bit too big in areas that he didn't know how to maneuver mm, right so we ended up um working with our other another good friend of ours mm. sean mm. graves big shout out to him um and sean got to the same point at one point where yeah. it's like yo i've never had like it, for instance i give you like we went to um our first mix show meeting mm. at 93.7 and we sit down and there's everyone all the mix show djs are right there in front of us mm. we sit down we're like yo we got this song this is when we had let's get money mm. We got this song we think is great. We're going to do everything that we can to get the the area and people trying to request this song. Mm. We just need to know what we need from y'all. The dude is like, yo, we need we need the same type of marketing that y'all doing on y'all project now. It's perfect. Mm. But we just need more authentic call-ins for, these, for the requests. Right. We literally sitting in a meeting with Buck and all these people. Right. And no, Sean knows this. This is the shit we laugh about now. Yeah. But Sean goes, yeah, I have all my people call up and request it. <laughs> like, my nigga, you can't say, say that. You can't say that, nigga. That's Even what, though that's, everybody know that's what you're going to be doing gonna, to yeah. start. Like, yo. To start. Like, you got to do that. Auntie. I need you to request this yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what you got to do, even though they know that. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, you yeah. can't say that physically yeah, in the meeting. Yeah, in the meeting. Yeah. So, so I think that's that was the turning point for us where we were like, yo, we need to get somebody a little more understanding of the situation. Don't call us, we'll call you. Word, word. <laughs> so that's actually when we went and reached out to, uh, and Sean bought in, Chris Fury. Mm. So big shout out to my boy Fury. But we were down in our studio mm. that we had in Waterbury. We had Fury come down, mm. listen to a few joints. And um, I mean, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. The rest is history. Chris definitely did a lot for us and helped us get to a different level. Mm-hmm. Now I had Chris Fury on the show maybe like a year ago. He's yeah. an angry guy still. Nah, he was pretty <laughs> chill. You know, we had a couple drinks. He Dope. he hit us to a lot of game. It's actually one of my favorite episodes because he hit me to like a lot of gems, and then y'all came up in conversation. And um, I haven't listened to the episode in a while, so mm-hmm. I just want your take on it. So right, we're gonna. Skip ahead a little bit, but then yeah. we'll double back. Now, the sample for Who's Your Daddy, right? Mm-hmm. Niggas know where that song comes from. Of course. Y'all niggas have the sample. Yes. Y'all have this song, but if I can remember correctly, you didn't pay for it. Correct. How the fuck did you do that? <sighs> All right. So, Grant, now, this is before we even knew Nipsey. This mm. is before we, so we went out to L.A. Mm-hmm. Big shout out my boy Steve. Steve was doing a, um, a big event mm. out in L.A. for the Oscars. Something that he was doing every year. Mm-hmm. And he was bringing just, to, he wanted to bring us out there to expose us to it. Mm-hmm. So we went out there and we performed at his event where there's a bunch of people like Lisa Ray was up in there. I mean, so many people. I don't, mm. I don't, my brain wasn't, 
LA is different. I'm glad just... you remember Lisa Rayner. Of course. I got my pic. Uh, Can I show you the picture? Like yeah, please don't. Yeah. I'll show you after. Yeah. I got you. But like, like, like there was so many people in there. I definitely remember Lisa Ray. Mm-hmm. But um, in LA, you could literally bump into anyone at any time. Right. So we were playing our song for a few people. Mm. And one of the people knew someone from the zombies. Because mm-hmm. a few of them, I th- believe, passed away. Yeah. But like two of them were in LA at the time. Right. So we go and we're like, yo, we want to meet them. We want them to hear this song to see what they, their opinion is. Mm. We met with them. And again, this is one of our blessings, man. They they literally loved the song. They mm. said this song has been sampled 15, 20 times mm. by different artists. And this is the first one that we feel like it bought something different to the to the actual original sample. Right. So they loved it. They didn't. So they literally gave us their blessing right there on the spot. They said, yo, call this person. Let them know it's okay. They they can contact us, uh-huh. and we give y'all our blessings to use the sample. That's fucking wow, crazy! Like one <laughs> of the biggest samples, like, like in the, like out there, point yeah. blank. Like, I've 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 heard that sample at least on maybe like six different songs, and then when Chris told when Chris told that story, I was like, nigga, what? Because to to give it some perspective, um. Melanie Fiona put the song out, put her song out around the same time. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, like literally, like we put our song out one week and then hers came out yeah. the next week. And you know, I don't know if this is a reason they didn't care about us paying them, mm. but they they must have got a nice check from her label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then four or five years later, after our song stopped playing on the radio, Eminem mm. sampled it. Yeah, and M paid for it. That's yo, that's fucking. That's perspective wow. for that ass. Eminem. Used it. Now, I remember first hearing that song and me being into music the way I am. I'm like, all right, that shit wasn't cheap. But who the fuck is these niggas <laughs> to think? That first, they can sample this shit. Yeah. And how the fuck did they pay for it? So now. One of our blessings, So, man. so when when I got that story from Chris, I just couldn't believe it. So now to hear yeah. it from your mouth, it's just like, yo, that's. That was one of our blessings, man. That's the wildest Definitely. thing. So now at this point that you meet Chris, uh. The best kept secret that's already out. out. That's yep. out already. So yep. now the secret's out is when what's on what's what's the lead single from that? Um the secrets out had the pretty much was the one that led up again. Yeah. Ray J also is one that's not that sidekick yeah. joint is not on anything. Why why? <laughs> it it eventually was on a project, but mm. it wasn't like an official Mook and Fair project. Okay. So um Chris definitely came in like when we started the um, best kept secret was bubbling on a little bit. Okay, and um, you know, we took and did the secrets out mm. as like some a follow up to what we were already working on. Right, but I think me and Mook were in the studio so much. Our biggest thing that we wanted to make sure we did was we were writing a lot of songs that we had set mm. wanted set artists on. Okay. There were so many times that we did joints and we're like, damn, man, we need to meet Flo Rida so we can get him on this song. Yeah. This would be crazy. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And, and there was, you know, we actually did two songs with Ray J. Mm-hmm. There was another one that never came out. And then that, the sidekick joint that okay. came out. What happened to the one that didn't come out? It's in the studio. It's in the vault. It's in the vault. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Which should, we should be putting that shit out. But should, yeah, just drop yeah. all that shit. Just, yeah. Why the fuck not? I mean... People say that too, and you know what? My my cousin, IMTY from CT, big shout out to him. Mm. Uh, he knows we got a song. Oh, fucking shit. We're giving it all today, right? 
Fuck it, it fuck it. So we got we actually got a song that never was released with Bruno Mars before Bruno Mars. Wait, 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 wait. My nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Yeah, man. They produced it. So, Smeasington's produced it, which is Bruno Mars' uh, production crew. With so him and the, um, what year was this? This was probably, this was, so this is great again, man. We have stuff where this timing is perfect. Uh, and then there's stuff where this timing is like, like we missed it by months. Right. All right. So this is when we first started working with Shipes, mm. with Johnny Shipes. So right. Who's Your Daddy was bubbling in the streets. Mm -hmm. We're trying to find a, a follow-up single to Who's Your Daddy. Right. And um, we get uh, a few beats. You know, when you have a song that's on the radio and, and you know that, you know it's doing well by people that are contacting you with production. Right. Like, yo, I got this song. I got this beat that you should do. Da, 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 that's similar to what you're putting out. Mm. Cool. So we get this beat from them, and we didn't know who they were. It came up, Sneezing Tins. We don't know who the fuck that is. Right, right, right. So we like the hook. We we wrote verses to it. We like the song because mm. they already, most times um, when it's a, a more of a bigger producer, they'll send it without the um with the hook already on it yeah yeah they don't they're true producers like they want to actually like give you the song ready yeah. to go so we got that song that specific song it's called put it on put it on my tab and there was a singer on there and he was like using auto-tune kind of sounded t-pain-ish so our what we were trying to do at the time was we Jesus was trying to get t-pain on the song right t-pain was in the middle of um, I believe it was the second one, which was, was it Buy Me a Drink or something like that? Yeah. At the time, probably like six years ago. Yeah, so some of the Seven years yeah, ago. I, I, yeah, I think buy it's me Buy a drink. a drink, yeah. Cool. Buy Me a Drink. It was so big. Buy You a Drink was so big that we couldn't fucking get this motherfucker to sit still yeah, to fucking yeah, record yeah, the yeah. song. In the meantime, B.O.B. puts out Beautiful Girls mm -hmm. with this random motherfucking singer <laughs> who sounds amazing, but nobody knows who he is. Holy shit. This song fucking blows up. And it felt like weeks, bro. Like two weeks. Like I heard the song yeah. in New York up there one time at a studio when we was listening to different shit. Mm. And then like two weeks later, this song is the biggest fucking song in the US. <sighs> and fucking Bruno Mars is on the fucking hook. <laughs> and we go back and we like, yo, that's the same <laughs> nigga on this shit. Yo. So now we're like, yo, yo, Bruno. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo. We 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 want to use the beat now. Uh -huh. We we want to keep you on the hook. Mm -hmm. So the shit go from I think it was like ten G's at the time for the beat to like seventy five G's. And I mean, you know, we we still trying to do it. Uh -huh. but we ain't doing it like that <laughs> nah. yet. So we didn't. You know what I mean? We missed our boat there, man. We missed our boat. Now with shit like that <laughs> in your past, yeah. in, in your memory bank, with stories that you can tell like that. Yeah. Do you ever just reminisce and like kick yourself in the ass with you like sh with shit like that, or do you try to be like, eh, miss that next opportunity is coming, or are you or are you just like, yo, fuck. There's a lot of times that I do that, man. At times, <laughs> you know what I mean. But you know, it, it everything happens for a reason. Everything believe, happens for man. a reason. I believe. You know, it, it, it's crazy because for me, like you know. How we were doing music and our biggest thing was like we just wanted to be heard mm. you know what i mean like mook if you ever met mook man this mm. dude is like the most charismatic dude like mook just loved doing music because that's just this the flashiness of yeah it. yeah yeah that's the type of person he is me right. 
I just genuinely love music. If I could fucking wear a mask and right. no one ever know who I am, that's like what I, that's what I will that's do. That's what I always heard third party. Mook was the wild child. Fair is more Yo, just like chill. Yeah, if I could, if I could, that's what I would do. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I prefer to be behind the scenes, but I love music so much that I had to do that. Mm. You know, but I, there's definitely times that we just look back and we're like, "Fuck, man!" Mm. Like we we missed some opportunities. We definitely did miss some opportunities. We did also take advantage of other opportunities where mm. the the cards were stacked against us and we made shit happen. Right. And Who's Your Daddy is definitely one of those. Right. That's definitely one of those. Fucking wild. Now, how did the song with Ray J come about initially? Like, who put y'all on the radio or, like, what happened? So, um, I believe he was, the first time we met him, I believe we was in L.A. and mm-hmm. met with him. And it was cool. We was kicking it. And then the second time, he came to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And this is just us not even talking about doing music. We mm-hmm. were just kicking it. So he came to Connecticut and um, Chris found out that he was going to be coming to CT. So we reached out. Mm. He was like, yo, y'all should come with me. We doing, um, uh, what the fuck was the name of that spot in New Haven? Oh my God. Big ass spot in New Haven. Had the upstairs and downstairs. Arbor? That wasn't Arbor. Was it Arbor? No, no, it was like, and it had like a sports theme kind of, but like oh, the stage was oh, kind of up, up above everybody. It was dope. I can't think of the name of the spot, of shit Damn. But he was performing there. Mm. And this was actually, I, I I can go on my Facebook memories too, because what's funny <laughs> is, I think I sent that to y'all yeah, a few weeks. Uh, we have like a fellas group chat. Yeah, group chat. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I sent that to my fellas. I was like, yo, six years ago, nigga, I was sitting in my boy Steve's mansion mm. watching Pacquiao fight with Ray J in the theater. <laughs> That's fucking Remember wild. that shit? I was sent that over. Mm. So like, we was all chilling, kicking it. And he's like, you know what? People talk about people and they, they celebrities that they may not know. Mm. Yo, this dude is mad down to earth and regular. He like a, like how we kicking it now. Yeah, he just if he know you, yeah, that's how that's how we kick it. Yeah, yeah. Once them lights come on though, he he rage it. He rage it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so so he shout out like, to the just, god rage it, man. <laughs> shout out to the god. <laughs> so we was just really kicking it, man, and built a good rapport and and. He ended up doing some shows out in Vegas one time when we was out there doing shows out there. Mm. And we was like, yo, come over to this spot. We was at, um, what the fuck, man? I'm bugging. Oh, my God. Spot right next to where they do recess. Down there in, um, in Vegas. And um, we ended up having a show the same day that he had a show. Mm. So, granted, we're just starting to get a, a buzz out in the West Coast, so folks don't really know us like that. Right. So we like, yo, after our show, we're going to go to check Ray J where he's at. Mm. So we go over there. We're walking through the casino, and there's this big-ass line of people. Mm. And we're like, damn. We're texting them like, yo, we have to, we're trying to get to the door, but it's mad people. They're not just going to let us in. Right. We walk right up to the front, and, you know, these girls, we're talking to these girls. This was six, seven years ago, so my girl can't get mad at Yeah, this. you can't get mad but, at baby chill. <laughs> this was, <laughs> we, 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 like, maneuvered our way through the crowd, mm. and we, like, got to the front, and these girls was looking at us. So like, who the fuck are these niggas? Yeah. I'm like, yo, we about to go straight in. Y'all want to roll with us? Yeah. They were like, nah, you about to get kicked out the line. Yeah. Like, All, right, All right. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So we walk up to the front, and they're like, we're talking to other people at the front. We're like, mm. yo, bro, you got to let us in, man. Ray J, da, da, da. He's like, yeah, I right. the bouncers. Like, yeah, whatever. Mm. Next thing you know, the doors open, boof, mm. and Ray J steps out, and all the girls in the line start going crazy. Ah, yeah. he looking around like, "Yo, I got my niggas in the line." 
I got my niggas in the line. He's like, who? He pointed to me, Chris, yeah, and Mook. Yeah. And we walked through. I look back at the girls yeah, like, peace. Yeah, right. we, we out. I told y'all we was out. You could have had me. You could have. <laughs> but like shit like that, like it, it, we just really just bonded and kicked it regularly. Mm. So um, that's pretty much how the song ended up coming out. Because obviously he's doing, he was doing music. Mm. He was doing, I think, for like for the love of Rage, it was probably, what, six, seven years ago now. Probably it's longer than longer. that. Okay, then. It was maybe yeah. like right after that then. I think yeah. he had another show that he was doing. It was probably some other shit that he was doing. Yeah, probably he was some, hosting yeah, or something. Some other bullshit, yeah. At the time, and and right when he finished that, we ended up being like, yo, let's just do a joint together. Mm. So that was the first song that we did. Mm. And then um, another time when he came back to Connecticut, we had this other song. Yeah. Which ended up being Sidekick. Right. And he loved that and jumped on it. Wow. Off the strength again. You know what I mean? So- Again, there's times where we really lucked, had bad luck, and then there's times where the shit just worked. So out basically, for us. right place, right time, and actually building with the person instead of asking for like, yo, a money amount off rip. Like, yo, actually build with the person, talk yeah. to them, get to know them. It's not all about like a dollar amount all the time. For sure, man, because you don't want to be known as the person that pays for everything. Yeah, because then that's all they're gonna look at you as a check. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it's times where you have to. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. This is what you got to do to be able to get this producer to produce your song right. or whatever else. But there's also times where just if you have an opportunity to build a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. and they respect your grind, they like the music, they're just going to do it off the strength. Right. Now, at this point, you have the song with Nipsey. You got the song with Ray J. Mm-hmm. The videos are on, you know, the 106 and Parks, the MTVs, the BETs. Now... What's the hate like that you're getting in Connecticut? Because at one point, I'm talking to people about Mook and Fair. I'm like, yo, these niggas got songs with this, that, and the third. These niggas, you, you know, they they sampled this song. These niggas got money. And niggas is like, oh, fuck Mook and Fair. I know this nigga Fair. He work at Finish Line. Fuck mm-hmm. that nigga. Da, 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 da. Yep. So, yep. So what? So what? So 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 what's it like when you, you know, you going to Vegas, you watching a fight with this person, you doing songs with this person, you yep. here, you there. So what? Come so, home to reality. So, yeah, so so when you come home, what's the reception like when you come home? Is it just like overwhelming love, or is it like you know fake handshakes, fake fake daps, and fuck this nigga? I, uh, we have this crabs in a barrel mentality here in Connecticut that isn't anywhere else, mm. and it's very unfortunate mm. that that's how we act here against and towards our own mm. we we don't treat you know people who literally don't have a buzz anywhere else but new york right we don't treat them the same way that we treat our own here in connecticut there's a point where max b wasn't bubbling anywhere but new york and connecticut right he could come here and do a show four days out of the week and people will go him and french him and french always here <laughs> literally he would come here three four days out of the fucking mm. week and and, and go and people will go there. There's people like Young M.A. Mm-hmm. who's still able to come to Connecticut mm-hmm. without a hit single right, right now and, and sell out a show. Yeah. It's, I don't, I never did understand it because that's not how my mentality ever been. That ain't how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. That ain't, that ain't in my character. Mm-hmm. So when people did that to us, it was more like, for Mook, he was like, man, I don't give a fuck about none of these niggas. I don't care. Right. For me, it's more like, yo, I really grew up with these niggas. Yeah, and they yeah. the same niggas hating? That don't make no sense. Cause it that's And they the problem is they ninety seven point 
three percent of them won't say shit to your face. Nice seven point three. I like I like how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> they won't say nothing to like it ain't cause you just most gangsters nigga out. They just that's mm. how they bred out here, man. Unfortunately, right. they 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 focuses on what they doing. Right. Instead of being like, yo, if I build with this nigga the same way we was building with people in the industry right. to get them to respect us enough to want to do music with us mm. because they never heard of what uh, Connecticut. Right. Oh, New York, right? Yeah, yeah. Nah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nigga, yeah. we our own state. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of times, we literally had to break it down to niggas. Right, yeah. Like, and people talking shit about us. Mm-hmm. Niggas from Connecticut is talking shit about us. When we going to these places and repping Connecticut, wearing Yukon hats and shit that mm-hmm. people never even heard never of. Never fucking heard fucking of. the state. That, like, that that's shit the funny is, shit. This is it's disrespectful, disloyal this shit breeds something different here in the state, man. Mm-hmm. And that was our biggest thing that we never really wanted to be those dudes. Uh-huh. Anytime somebody else was doing something and they asked us that we really genuinely fucked with, mm. we always did it off the love. Right. Always. And, and real quick, man, rest in peace, my boy Miliano from con artists out there in Meriden mm-hmm. who recently passed away, man. Rest in peace. One of my dudes that really was also a, a real big advocate of Connecticut music and everybody doing something together. Mm. Wow. So now mm-hmm. you got these tapes. So so what's the tape after Secrets Out? Um, We actually had a Secrets Out 2 that was in the mix. Mm-hmm. That never came out also. That never came so we, out. So we really only put out three physical projects. Okay, so why did that tape never come out? I don't know. At the time, like, me and Mook were in a weird spot musically. Mm. And there was a lot of, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on that we just weren't able to get into the studio as much as we once did. Mm. We genuinely had hundreds of like literally there's probably like 140 songs in the studio, in the studio sitting. Mm. But when we create, it's hard to just take like songs that we pre we did before mm. and put them on a project. When we doing a project, we wanted to have the same theme, right. the same sound. Like we wanted to sound a, a certain way. So we, we weren't big about just taking a, a type of lost tapes and putting it out. Mm. So I think that was our problem, man. We weren't really in a position where we were recording as much as we once did. Okay, now let me tell you what I heard, right? Now you can say it's true or not, right? So what I'm hearing is that Mook wants to do one thing. Like, Mook wants to do X. Mm-hmm. Fair wants to do Y. Mm-hmm. And because you guys are on two different uh, planes, I guess I guess the uh, success is hitting Mook more mm-hmm. than it is you, where Mook is, like, becoming really flashy and big-headed, and you're just still on this, like, I don't know, not level playing field, but you're still, like, in touch with reality type of thing. And y'all bump heads on that, and that ultimately leads to more arguments and less time in the studio and more bullshit. Um, anybody that knows Mook mm. knows this been the flashiest nigga since That's 10 years I, old. Exactly. So, <laughs> so there's, there's not, there's <coughs> like fame and, 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 being flat. Like that's just his character. Yeah. So there's nothing that like, but that was no you. type of music yeah. or anything that would affect him doing any, that's just who he is. Mm. You know what I mean? So, for me, no, that wasn't who I was. Mm. But the music never did, like, the music portion of it never grew us apart. Mm. As far as, like, him being, trying to be flashy and I'm trying to be this. Yeah. That wasn't it. It was more like that's, we didn't physically have time to be able to, to get in the studio to work on something. Okay. Okay. So, now, 
after this tape doesn't come out, you guys kind of go your separate ways or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, yep. and then you take a little break, and then you come back with after the end, right? Yes, sir. All right. So, <clears throat> now, in between that break, what was your thought process? Was it like, all right, I'm going to, you know, take a little time off and get back right, then me and going to get back in the studio? Or are you thinking, like, you know, this music shit is over, why am I doing it? Or is it like, you, is, or, or is it some shit that you have to see until the end type of thing? I think I needed just, and this was maybe, it might have been me more than Mook, mm. but I think I needed like time to really reflect on what I wanted to do next. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like we we already had one of the first, granted Apathy was the first to ever sign with a major label, so yeah, yeah, shout yeah. out to him. Right. But we had one of the first actual deals with the label in Connecticut. You know mm. what I mean? So we accomplished some of the things in my head that we wanted to do, Right. but musically- I still felt like I had a sound that even after me and Mook stopped working on our music together Mm. and it was probably a year or so before I decided to get in the studio, I still felt like I had a a, a set sound that I wanted people to hear from me. Okay. I wanted people to know that I actually, I rap rap. Right. It ain't, a lot of times people would hear the singles. Mm. So you're saying all these singles, but you're actually adding the projects in there. If people went back and listened to the projects themselves, Mm they'll see that we have bars. Mm. There's certain shit that we did that was for the radio and that was solely for that. Yeah. But then there's shit like, that's my bitch where we're talking about different shit in there and, right. and, and you know, talking about women as like the drugs and breaking down all kinds of different shit. And, mm. You know what I mean? Like it is, and I wanted people to be able to see the lyrical side of myself. Right. Now this is your first time being solo going from the Wolfpack to Mook to now yeah. being on your own. Now yeah. what's that thought process like where it's like you have to do maybe two sixteens in a hook or get somebody else on the hook or you got to do this shit by yourself. Like what's that? Like what's your thought process going, thought process going in? Like, yo, can I do this shit on my own? Um, it wasn't a, can I, because I, I always like, even when we took our break, I always wrote, like I write even still to this day. Mm. Like I have to write, even if it's like four bars, like I have to put something in something, my phone, right. something down because it's, and this is what we always said is like, yo, music is disrespectful mm. to people who are true artists. Right. To the point where I'll have a song or a melody or something in my head. Mm. And if I don't get it out of my head, I'm not going to sleep. She's going to bother you. I'm not going to sleep that day. Mm. So like, you know, that's pretty much how my project came to be because I spent that year of not doing anything mm. when I was in the studio for five years straight, just fucking banging out tracks almost damn near daily or every other day. Right. And now I got a year's worth of material of great shit that I felt was great. Mm. And, and it's just going to sit in my phone. Yeah. It's different when you in a group and it's, y'all both got to agree on what you're putting out. Yeah, somebody depends on you type of thing. Word. Yeah. Word. But when you're, when you have all this stuff by yourself, just you, Depending all on I need is the means. Mm-hmm. All I need is the means, man. And, and, you know, for me, I wanted my boy to see that, like, you can put something out and not have to put a million dollars into it, man, and, and still have a good quality project. Mm. So that was my biggest goal. Now, after you put out After the End, what's the reception of that? Because everybody's used to you at this point being with Mook. So what's the reception? Like, oh, you by yourself now. Mm-hmm. People came out of the woodworks for that mm. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that uh, folks were expecting a lot of the lollipop stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when people actually sat and listened and I'm I'm doing 
decent enough numbers where you know for myself it's i'm getting 30 40 000 downloads on some shit it's, yeah, yeah i'm cool with that right it's just me mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, and when you go solo or when you do a solo project and people don't see the mook in front of the fair they think it's a whole yeah. different nigga yeah 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 they don't realize yeah. it's the same yeah. motherfucker same motherfucker yeah, yeah. still they, here they don't realize that so Fahrenheit is here yep yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think like for me it really was like basically almost starting not at zero but at like one mm. to have to build up these people to know that yo cuz it it didn't sound like anything that mook and fair ever put out either okay so it was like it literally almost felt like it was a whole different. So was it like situation. an evolution process for you, where it's like you're getting away, you're you're trying to distance yourself from that sound and trying to create your own sound or try to become your own entity or your own man at this point? Uh, not really, because uh, uh, that's what the Wolfpack is. Like mm. the Wolfpack originally was a bunch of dudes that spit. Mm. So it, it was a hip hop group. It wasn't a rap group. It wasn't a poppy group. That was a hip hop group. So for me. I was just getting back to my roots, I think, more than anything. Okay. And a lot of times, like I said, if you go back and you listen to some of the projects, mm. you can hear who who influenced what songs a little bit more when you listen to them. Right. Okay. All right. So after the end comes out, that does what it does. Then what happens to Fair? You just fall off the fucking earth, it seems like. Yeah, man. I What's crazy is when I was actually promoting that project, mm. I tore my ACL. Playing ball? Playing ball. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Fuck. <laughs> so, funny story yeah. real quick, though. Go ahead. Um, it, it, basketball was, like, my first love. Mm-hmm. Well, fo- football and basketball were my first love. Mm. But, you know, my boy that I played ball with in high school, Ryan Gomes. Okay. Waterbury also. Yeah. Um, that's the, I was I was one of the point guards on that Wilby team. Okay. So, you know what I mean? And uh, none, you, you, Kobe Cathedral? Nah. All right. I was going to say y'all, owe us, nah. y'all stole us a ring. I went That's to the uh, ring from us. Central. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you know my boy G then. Yeah. Okay. Hilltopper. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> Respect. Yeah, nah. But um, so that was like my first thing that I always did. And um when I put out my project, I I tried to do this mind, body, soul thing where I'm trying to get in shape. Mm. I was working out, had this trainer. So I went down to the courts, was balling, mm. and you know, tried to do a new move on old knees. Yeah, tra- <laughs> <laughs> and, and did a Euro. Yeah. And my leg was like, no. Euro with the uh oh. <laughs> yeah. My leg was like, no, no. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I tore my ACL in the process, man. And I think that kind of like that put me in a whole different mindset where it's like, man, mm. I really gotta like sit on my ass for like the next six months. Mm-hmm. I really can't do shit for like six months. I would have thought that would have made you even like rap even more. It was like, yo, I'm stuck in this one spot, so I'm about to just start eating up beats. Like I'm just about to start rapping and rapping. And rapping. I can't go no fucking where. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? I did write a lot, but it wasn't nothing that I felt comfortable enough with mm-hmm. putting out, and I wasn't recording. So it, I don't know. I think that like really messed up a lot of my motivation at the time, man. Okay, it, it put me in a weird position where I thought I was gonna be. Um, doing something with my project mm. and I got to a certain point where I was like promoting it, doing a couple shows and then boom, it hit a wall right after I hit, tore my ACL. Okay. So it's like, yo, I can't even promote this project that I put money into to put out, have all these physical copies. I have all these, these um, different um, websites that I'm trying to get this shit on. And I barely could only basically contact these people over the internet. Mm. I'm not going to be able to go and do anything. Right. I'm, if I try to do a show, I'm going to have to sit on a stool 
mm. with my brace up and yeah. these crutches looking like a, a weirdo. Yeah. So I didn't even. I mean, 2 Chainz did it for a little while. He did. Yeah. He did. But, you know, 2 Chainz was at a different spot. Yeah. He was at a different spot where people was already, you know, lined up for 20 cities to go see him. Yeah. And it's like you turn down that money, you turn it down big, big, big change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was really trying to get my solo project in a position where people at least respected it. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of hit a wall after I tore my ACL. So that, that was like my big drop off. And that's kind of what brought us to a point where after I was recovered, mm -hmm. um, me and Mook started working on a project. Mm -hmm. So there was another project in the works mm -hmm. for, for a Mook and Fear project. And um, Mook actually had a solo project also that's, that was just about finished. Mm. He was going to put that out, and then we are going to finish up our, our Mook and Fair project. All right. So that's kind of where that gap is. That's what was being filled in with that. Right, right. And then what happens to Mook? Uh, becomes and gets into a position where he is incarcerated. Right. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, is there any point of you that wants to put out another project solo or is like, I'm not doing this without Mook? <laughs> I, the shit that we was doing Cause that at can, the time. Because that can discourage anybody where it's like, yeah, all right, yeah. we working, we working, we working. Boom. Man gets booked. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Just hit a fucking wall. So I'm back. In a wall again. Yeah, yeah. So I'm back. Hit a fucking wall again. Motivation just drops. Yeah. Again. That is, that's, that's kind of where I've been for like the last two years, really. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the times where I'm in my, like my best spirits and my boy, J no, JT no, mm -hmm. like after I tell him, I'm like, yo, I just talked to Mook. Mm. Like that's when I get hyped. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's so motivated still. Yeah. When I talk to him or check him, like he's still so motivated. And it's like, he's like, bro, he actually, the last time I spoke with him, he's like, bro, you need to do another project. Mm. You need to go get all the shit from the studio and put it in your crib. Mm. Don't fucking let it just sit there. He's like, bro, if you put it in your house, you're bored. He said, I know you, you're going to go down and get the work. Mm -hmm. I know how you are. Right, He's right. like, bro, don't let your talent go to waste, man. That's yeah. the last thing that he just told me last time I spoke with him. Mm -hmm. So it's like, he's actually like my biggest motivation right now to try to do another project. Mm. How's he doing? Like in, in good spirits? He's in and... great spirits, man. Okay. He's in great spirits, man. And I told him I was actually going to do this. And he's like, yo, just, he said, yo, just do it up, man. And let everybody know that I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. He said, if anybody wants to write him, man, hit him up. You could easily check him through, you know, online. Yeah, put in I, his I, info. I it pops up. Definitely want to talk to him. Now, how many more joints he got left? He... Earliest is, is probably about nine years away. Eesh. Yeah. Earliest. Sheesh. Earliest release. Jesus Christ. So. So. So after the end comes out, what, like 2008, 2009, and then all this shit happens. So now we're in 2019, and fair is more, more so. So after the end was, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, after the end is about 2015. That, that's my solo project. 2009 was more like the secrets out. Yeah, I'm fucking bugging. No, 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 you good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> so now, does fair still have, have it in him? I mean, I, I I like to think so. I like to think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I know that when I do get around people that spit, mm -hmm. and I do decide to brush off my notebook, right? It it, it still sounds relevant. 
I mean, because it's a, it's a lot of shit going on out here. It's a lot of movements going on out here. Indeed. I think a lot of these movements need, need your input and need you on the scene. Indeed. Even I mean, if it's either rapping or just giving input or just schooling, the younger niggas be like, yo, I did this. I know how to do this. I know where to navigate, where to go. Listen. I'm all for that, man. I'm all for that. I mean, I'm not really interested in doing any features and stuff like that personally mm. um, until I feel like I could get myself to where I want to be. But I do definitely write. Um, I write also R&B joints too. Mm. Um, And big shout out my boy Ben Ryder. Right. Who has a project out right now. Um, The Crayo Collective. Y'all can pick that up on all all platforms. Mm. Again, B-E-N-R-I-G-H-T-E-R. That's one of my boys that we wrote a few joints together. Mm. And his project is really, really dope, man. Really dope. But that's something that you know him like people like that people like um like i said mizzy mm. zay those are folks that you know i've i have worked with and, and want to see prosper and, and genuinely want to see them do well and, and come up in the game word now how's it being a dad hmm. how's dad life <sighs> I'm, I'm i'm only about three months in Oh, that's your first one? First one, man. That was your first one? First one. Oh shit, congrats. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm about three close gotta, to three months in. You got a you got a you got a little girl, right? I have a little girl, yeah. Now how, now how's that shift your focus? It is definitely different, man. I I mean, for instance, like me, you know, I've recently purchased a house. Mm-hmm. Congrats. You know, for me and my lady did. Mm-hmm. And um I mean my kid is going to grow up in a way different position than what I grew up in, mm. you know? And and my girl also has a son, and that's somebody that I want to show that you don't have to, you know, grind it out and be in the hood and, and have to be focused on the shit, some of the things that I had to go through in my life. Right, right. You know, it it's definitely makes you put your, your career and your goals in the, old, in the auto drive. Mm. You want to go above and beyond overdrive, I should yeah, say. Yeah, you just fucking look at it and be like, yeah, I want to do everything I Bruh. can. <laughs> like, yo. Bruh. It's all, yeah. it's, and, and, and you got a little girl, so she already got you wrapped around her fucking finger. Already. And, and anything she want. Already. Got man. it. <laughs> already. It's done. Right. So I, it's, it's definitely um, a different experience. The, the, the birth and the seeing, yeah. A fucking little you. A you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and real quick, man, when people tell you don't look around the curtain, don't look around the curtain. Dog, bruh, bruh. It's fucking mayhem around that shit. Yo, dog. Yo. Dog, my girl had a C section. Mine too. <sighs> don't look around. They said, don't look around the curtain. My cousin said, yo, cuz, whatever you do, don't look around the curtain. But you have to, like, it's like, yo. You do, but you don't. That's like, my queen over there. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, not just check on her, but you, but then you look over there like, oh, they got it. Yeah. Doctors, like, they, they, they are they all right, yeah, baby. You good? Thumbs up. Man. Cool. Damn, cool. man. Don't. That's If y'all don't take anything else from this interview, <laughs> don't, don't look around the don't curtain. Don't look around the curtain, yo. <laughs> yo. Yeah, it's, but it, it's, it's Women's really, salute, man. Y'all yeah, go through some for sure. shit. For sure. For us. For sure. I'm sorry I did that to you. Definitely, <laughs> man. For real. It's, it's a great blessing, though, man. And I'm, mm. I'm very appreciative and very happy that I have a, a healthy little girl. That was my biggest thing. I didn't care what it, what it was. I didn't right, care if it was yeah, a boy exactly. or a girl. I just want healthy. Healthy. Everybody would ask me all the time, what you want? I, I want healthy. I want 10 fingers, 10 toes. Word. All I want. Word. All the fuck I care about, Word. baby. And, and so far, everything is good. So I'm very appreciative of that, man. Everything is good. So Yes, sir. So what's next for Fair, man? What's what's going on in the next 
I don't, I don't know if you have anything planned on. So what's the next three, six months, year? What's 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 next? I, I I'm probably leaning towards taking my boy's advice, man. Mm. He's not in a position where he mm. can do what he wants to do. So if he's dismotivated and telling me that I need to work on a project. They're back out here begging these that, niggas in the head. That might be something I have to do. Yeah, out even, here? You know, it, even if it's something, a little quick EP or something that I could put out and, mm. and let people see. You know what we got, man. You got to you got to use that muscle. You, you got to always flex that muscle, man. Yeah, yeah. At some point, I, I'm. It's it's inevitable because, like I said, man, music is disrespectful to me, bro. <laughs> like this shit don't let me breathe. Right. It don't let me breathe. So, yeah. Now you think you're getting back with uh, Chris again? With Chris? Oh, uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see, man. Chris got a lot going on right yeah, now. Yeah, doing a lot big going salute, on. Big salute to him. Mm. You know, he's he's actually in with Shipes now. Someone yeah. that we all met actually together. Mm. So I'm, I'm happy for him, man. And he's doing a lot with the Smokers Club and, and the whole cinematic crew. So big up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see, man. I, I don't. Again, I think my means and my um my my biggest goals are for this to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure I want the fame or anything of it. I just want to be able to put something out and then let it organically grow. Okay. Got you. All right, man. So where can people find you on Instagram, Twitter, black planet, MySpace, whatever the fuck, (laughs) whatever you got, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. My Instagram is fair. F a I R T H E G O D. That's fair to God. Um, Twitter is still the same. Mook and fair. M O O K. The letter N F a I R. Um, you know, YouTube, same thing. Mm. Mook and Fair. And I mean, whatever else you could put that in, it, it something's gonna pop up. All right. So ain't anything we miss? Ain't anything that you want to get off your chest? No, nah, man. Just uh real quick, man. Hold hold your head to my boy, man. Appreciate any prayers and all that that y'all got for my boy Mook, man. And mm. and again, he is in good spirits. I appreciate all the folks reach that have reached out. A lot of the Bridgeport crew folks that definitely reached out, man. Mm. We appreciate y'all, man, and and you know we'll see, man, because we definitely got some stuff in the in the studio. So if something randomly pops up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. don't don't say I didn't know about it. Can't wait to hear, man. You need to get back out there, man. So flex that muscle. Yes, sir. So thank you for coming through, brother. I really thank do appreciate it. Me. So um, y'all can find me on Instagram, HK underscore Domino. You can find the podcast, Domino underscore Effect underscore Podcast. Like I said, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com for any comments, questions, or concerns. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. So one thing's for certain, we too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes. I go by the name of Domino. That's fair. Yes, sir. And we out of here. Mook and fair. Domino, motherfucker, what's happening? C'est tout ce qu'on